0: Welcome to Crime Wave, a podcast featuring mystery, thriller, and suspense authors, and the stories behind their stories. Crime Wave is part of the Authors on the Air global radio network with over 4 million listeners worldwide. I'm your host, Bonner Spring, and my guest today is Daniela Burnett. Daniela is a member of the International Thriller Writers, Mystery Writers America, and the Crime Writers Association. She graduated summa cum laude, with a BS in journalism from St. John's University. Daniela writes the Emmeline Kirby Gregory Longden mystery series with the following amazing titles. I love your titles. (laughs) Lead Me Into Danger, Deadly Legacy, From Beyond the Grave, A Checkered Past, When Blood Runs Cold, Old Sins Never Die, Vipers Nest of Lies, A Mind to Murder, and what we're gonna be talking about today, the most recent release in the series, Betrayed by the Truth, She's also the author of two poetry collections, Timeless Allure and Silken Reflections, and Daniela is currently at work on a new Emmeline and Gregory adventure. Welcome to Crime Wave, Daniela.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's a real pleasure to, see, to get to see you. How about if we just jump right into it? Um, for the Crime Wave podcast, we usually focus on the crime, you know, the main puzzle that needs to be solved. So without giving away too much What's the question at the heart of Betrayed by the Truth?
1: Well, the question, Um, well, I I guess it's it's the the title itself. I uh, explore how uh, betrayal can be a double-edged sword for both the guilty and the innocent. And another aspect of that theme is that um, friends make the worst enemies because they know all your weaknesses and they can twist the knife to um, squeeze you for whatever it is that they want.
0: (laughs) That's a very nice summary of some of the things that you you cover you cover in this story. Well, let's get right to um, because this is a series. You've been with Emmeline and Gregory now for ten, no nine books am nine I correct? Books. Nine books. This is the ninth the ninth book of the series. Um, so, what's their relationship like, and possibly how has it changed over the years? Well, um,
1: if your, your listeners are unfamiliar with Gregory and Emmeline, uh, Emmeline is uh, a journalist and uh, Gregory is uh, well. Now they are married, but in the first book, uh, they they had been together, but they hadn't seen each other in two years. Um, he had left her, and she didn't know why. And then all of a sudden, they are brought together in um, in Venice when she see, witnesses two men trying to uh, kill a colleague of hers, and then they become embroiled in in um, trying to find a, a spy in the British Foreign Office, and so that's how the series starts. So at the beginning, you know, Emmeline, down below, she's happy to see him, but she's not because he had left her. She doesn't know why. In the interim, she had found out that he's a jewel thief. So that goes against everything that she believes in because she believes in um, justice and um, uncovering the truth uh, to ensure transparency. And Gregory, on the other side of the law, he's uh, he's uh, 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 concentrates on uh, jewel heists. So that's a, a bit of a conflict. But in the end, they they approach the law from different points of view. His from the wrong side. Her she from the. Correct side, and but they both have uh, the same philosophy. Well, philosophy belief that um, murder is a taboo and it should never be done. So that's how their relationship starts off in the first book. Now in this book, they're married, and she had laid down the law when they became married that he had to find a a legitimate form of employment or she wouldn't marry him. So he found a job as an insurance investigator. So. The police think, well, this, what's this? This is throwing the cat among the pigeons. But um, Gregory, he's he's a very good insurance investigator, but he still carries out the occasional jewel heist because, you know, you can't allow those natural-born skills to atrophy. So, but Emmeline doesn't know. So, and if she finds out, she's going to kill him. So that's the dynamic of their relationship. But now as they're married, they, it's, it's as if they're another character on their own as, as a married couple. So they still have the same beliefs. He's still doing it, but they've also become another character while they've retained their independence and, and their inherent uh, characteristics.
0: That, that's interesting. It's funny that you say that. I, I often feel that way about characters who become, who come together as a solid couple. They really do um, relate to the world in a slightly different way. They have their own, um, their own selves, but they're, yeah. the, but the couple, the couple stands. My husband actually has uh, had a, a, a co-worker who wants uh, a longer story than I want to share on the podcast, but um, he and his wife, it's like they're two different people. But there are a couple, you know. But there are a couple, there are yeah. a couple as well. Now, what are Emmeline and Gregory up to in Betrayed by the Truth? Well, the way Betrayed by
1: the Truth starts out, they're in uh, Madrid, and they they're there for a holiday, a short holiday. They're they're actually the following day is going to be their last day in Madrid. Their last night, they're taking a stroll on Gran Vía, the main thoroughfare there. And this man comes up to them and he says, are you English? And they said, yes. And then all of a sudden he thrusts a pouch at Gregory and says, please bring this to Alexander Colfax in London. And then, then he you could see that he's nervous and so on and he runs off. Few minutes later, he is killed. And then Emmeline and Gregory become a target because what's in this little pouch? but a fortune in rare red diamonds. So now they become the target. So they cut their vacation short and return to London. And of course, Emmeline insists that the next morning they go straight to Scotland Yard to report what happened and to let the authorities take it from there. When they visit their friend, well, sort of nemesis to Gregory, of course, is Superintendent Oliver Burnell at Scotland Yard. They discover that um, Alexander Colfax, a hotel magnate, has been bludgeoned to death. So things take off from there. So naturally, Emmeline's curiosity, she must find out who this Alexander Colfax is and what's his connection to the diamonds, to that man in in, uh, Madrid. And... um, as they peel the layers of um, Alexander Colfax's life, they discover that he's a man without scruples. He's, um, and, he, and he counts among his coterie of friends, uh, a <laughs> Russian mafia boss, uh, the son of a Kremlin elite, and a spy burrowed in MI6. And all of these people are after a stolen
0: Fabergé egg. Well, this, I'm so glad you explained the setup that way because it's you know it is such a perfect tease. It's like, in this and this and it's like you hit it. You hit all the little things in just a few short pages. Is to get started. So of course you have to read on and find out. I hope how so. it. <laughs> Yeah, you do. You have to keep reading on. Um, I think that's it's, it's really it's a, a fascinating uh, story. Um, but because we're not giving away secrets, I'm going to move on right now and mention that we've um, don't know each other well, but uh, we met last year at Thriller Fest where we were on a panel together talking about setting, using setting effectively yes. in mysteries and thrillers. I know I know it's something you're fast, uh, you're really passionate about, and. Yes. And so am I. So I'm gonna sort of digress to talking about that. What draws you to a setting? What do you, particularly a setting that you want to fit into a mystery? Where do you like? I know you start in Madrid, and you you know you're back in London. I think your characters are mainly British centric through all the books. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're both British. Uh, They live in London, so
1: naturally, all the books—at least part of um, it—has to uh, takes place in London because they live in London. Um, But for me, and in this book, it's London and uh, Switzerland. The the Madrid portion was uh, just the very first couple of pages because that's the way the previous book ended. Um, But this one also takes place in Switzerland, um, Mm -hmm. in uh, in Interlaken and uh, the Lake Tun region that we region of um, of switzerland so for me as as my readers know and um, your your some of your listeners might not setting is extremely important is, is in all of my stories um, it's. I consider it a character um, all its own, because um, I feel that um, it helps to propel the story. It sets the mood, um, and certain tales can't be told if they're not in a certain setting. So um, that it's very important. And the way I, I select um, my settings. Um, Either it's a place that's made um, an impression on me um, and in terms of the beauty or or plot that pops into my head, oftentimes I think, ah, this would be the perfect place to find a dead body. So um, my stories are, are often triggered by the setting or the tale I want to tell melds well with somewhere I happen to be and I, I try to uh, give the readers the feel um, to make them feel as if they're walking in my character's footsteps to um, see the sights and feel and hear the sounds of what I saw or what the character sees when they are in Switzerland, in London, or
0: Madrid. (laughs) <laughs> that, and you do a really really good job of that Thanks. and of course that that's why i find that's one of the reasons i find your book so enjoyable it's i love i love doing that um i, I particularly want to go back to what you said about setting being another character because that's that's what a setting needs to be it can't be um a a a, 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 bl- a blue screen a backdrop on which right. you just throw your your characters around um settings um Make characters do different things. You do you, exactly. you 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 go out and do things differently in Madrid than you do in London, frankly. Exactly, and, exactly. And a setting will change over time, and um, characters' reactions to each other change over time. Their reaction to a setting can change. Oh I, it's just a fascinating way to do it, and I think you you do it um, you do it really well. Is there some place that you haven't set a mystery yet that you're dying to set a mystery in?
1: Uh, well uh, I've been to different parts of France I haven't done a, a book in France yet um, Greece Greece is another place that I've been that I I'd lends itself to and there's rich history and so because that's another part of the setting you know for me i'm interested in history too and and the culture of a place so that lends itself to a story and and also um gives the story a certain richness when you um include those details um for the reader because setting and a story itself a story is an escape for the reader so you know some people aren't able to travel like we weren't able to travel during the pandemic. So in a book, you can travel anywhere. So uh, Greece was another place I'd like, um, somewhere that a couple of places where I haven't been that I'd love to go and set a story. Um, Australia and New Zealand, Majorca. I, I'd love to go there for, and then set stories there because I'm sure Emily and Gregory would find a lot of trouble in those places.
0: I I absolutely couldn't agree, I couldn't agree with you more Greece I'm so glad you mentioned that I'm dying to set a story in Greece too I just don't something about the 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 sea and the sky oh, yeah, and the yeah. islands and the people and the language and the food yeah. you know I think it would be a great place to find a dead body too
1: Oh and another place that I haven't said that I've been to and I haven't said a book is is Iceland Iceland is so dramatic. You have different, like, the lava fields, the waterfalls, the <laughs> glaciers. That would be another perfect place to set a,
0: set a book. That's absolutely right. That is so great. Um, yeah, we could, I think we could probably talk about this all afternoon. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, so, on Crime Wave, we've featured um, stories about all different kinds of Puzzle solvers, you know, we've had the police inspectors and the detectives and the private eyes and the amateur sleuths. So Emmeline yeah. and Gregory are just delightful. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about the benefits and the the drawbacks of of having an amateur sleuth be your having amateur sleuths. Or be your main characters.
1: Right. Well, I mean, as you said, uh, mysteries and thrillers take all different forms. I mean, there are a lot of there're myriad uh series out there, uh, wonderful ones where the police detective is the protagonist. However, the law imposes certain uh constrictions on a police officer's actions. So, um I wanted amateur sleuths for my book um because there's there's um, more more Uh, opportunity for complications and uh, more freedom for them in terms of solving the crime. And I chose uh, Emmeline as a journalist because a journalist is similar to a police officer because their job is to ask questions, to find out the truth, to ensure transparency. Now, Gregory as a jewel thief, well, he is a criminal, but he's dashing and he's handsome and so forth. But as a criminal, he has, he understands the mindset of another criminal and he's able to bring that perspective to the story. So that's why I have the two facets, um, the two different characters and how they approach the law, but they they come to the same point in the end to catch the murderer, to catch the
0: the thief or whatever the crime may be at the time. That's right, and it's interesting. This sort of goes back to what you were talking about before. They're a couple, but they're they're approaching crimes from like separate directions, and right. probably that helps them get to. Would I be correct in saying it helps them get to the the culprit, the real culprit? You know, more more easily or um, well, more
1: effectively. Yes, because- well, yes, because I mean, their are different perspectives, their are different uh, viewpoints complement one another.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then they're able to put their strengths together to solve the crime.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, now, you've said you're writing the next Emily and Gregory mystery. Are you at a point where you could share a little bit about that too for us? if uh, not not just don't yes don't.
1: okay i'll give you a sh- little bit it's a little secret okay um it's going to be partially set um in amsterdam another lovely city and it has to do with kidnapping revenge and deception so just another typical day for Emmeline and gregory
0: That sounds great. Um, I've asked this question um, before of other series um, authors, so I'm going to pose it to you as well. Um, And actually, it's it's very self-serving because I'm writing a series now too, which I've never done before. (laughs) Um, Do you have any um, thoughts, Danielle, about what it takes to keep a series fresh over nine, now 10 books in your case, what have you learned? Do you have any thoughts about that that you could share with me and with all our listeners? Well, I mean, in
1: terms of I, Gregory's past, a lot of it is still, um, Murkiness, You know, there are still a lot of secrets from his past. So that's, that's always hovering in the background of their relationship. And as I mentioned, in the first book, they hadn't seen each other in two years because all of a sudden he disappeared at one point. So that fear is always in the back of Emmeline's mind. So those um, potential secrets, potential, you know, potential enemies mm-hmm. from his past appearing, you know, those are always elements that um, I can lead a new twist, a new turn to keep the
0: story fresh, to keep um, the series moving forward. Okay. I'm writing that down. That's that's actually no, that sounds that's that it really makes a lot of sense. You don't just like put everything out there and then it's just the same old boring thing over and over again. You you have layers and layers and, and secrets. I like the idea. Thank you very much. Secrets are um, critically important. <laughs> they they really are. So um when you're not writing, um do you have favorite books that you like to read or favorite genres that you like to read in? Well, naturally, you know,
1: spies and mystery thrillers are my favorite genre. Um, My hero is Agatha Christie. Um, But in that realm, also, um, Daphne du Maurier, like one of my favorite books Mm -hmm. is Rebecca. The way she creates suspense in that book is, you know, that's one of my favorite books. Um, Mm -hmm. I also love historical fiction in that it sends to historical mysteries um i i also read you know biographies and and things like that because you know as i said before it's important to learn about history so you understand what happened in the past and how things evolved for today and writers themselves, I mean, writers have to be, are are readers at heart to to be able to write their own stories. And you have to be curious about many different things. So you have to read many different things to be able to write your own
0: stories. Yeah. I think we've probably read a lot of the same books in that case, I'm sure. Um, uh, Before we go off the air, Daniela, can you tell our listeners, um, where they might find you online or in person. Um, if you if you have some upcoming events uh, related to your book,
1: uh, well, I, I I'm doing. I... An upcoming event will be the holiday party for the WTS International, the Greater New York Chapter. It's a professional organization that I, I belong to. But in terms of where um, your audience can find me, um, my website is danielaburnett.com. Burnett is B E R N E T T. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Goodreads. Um, you can find me on Bookbub. There's also a little, uh, there's a website, uh, not a website, uh, an email address on my website where um, if someone somebody wants to drop me a line, I'm always happy to hear from people, to chat about books, writing,
0: whatever. So um, please drop me a line. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Um, And thank you for taking the time to come in today, Daniela. Um, Best wishes for Betrayed by the Truth. I enjoyed it and I think our listeners would too. I hope you'll come back and talk again sometime. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. I had a lot of fun.